Our topic for today is uh, the pentagram of a general. The pentagram of a general. A pentagram means five. The pentagram of a general. We all know the story of David and Goliath in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 40. How David went by the brook and he picked five smooth stones. And when he had picked the five smooth stones, he ended up only using one, according to the Bible. So, we're going to look at the first stone. We're going to look at the second stone. We're going to look at the third stone, the fourth stone, and the fifth stone. So you can pluck them out. The first stone I want him to hold in his right hand, and I'll show you the meaning of that. Just hold it in your right hand. Give, give, give Thomas to hold it. The second stone, I want it put on his left side. So I don't know if he can stand up, Kidogo Apa, so that we can illustrate. Put the second stone on the left, just down there, in a place they can see. Then the third stone put on its right side, in a place they can see. Then the fourth stone put right here behind him, in a place they can see. Then the last stone, I want you to put in front of him in a place they can see. Upon the Jew, eh? Yeah, in a place we can see. So as you can see, there is one stone in his hands, but move them a bit. There is another stone on his left, there is another stone on his right, then there is another stone in front of him. Thank you, Tim. You can just sit over there. Clap for Tim, please. And I will explain. The first stone David had directly killed Goliath. Our proof we find in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. But in 2 Samuel chapter, I believe, 21, four more giants who were directly descended from Goliath rose up. And David was physically in front of them trying to fight them. This time around, God did not allow him to kill any of them directly. And this is where the stones now come in. The first, the first battle they fought, a brother to David had a son in the same army. We are going to read about him. He ended up going and killing that descendant of Goliath. The next time there was war, another man rose up who was a son to David's sister. He also took up the sword. He killed the giant. Another time there was war, a direct descendant of, uh, of Goliath was fighting. And the Bible says a clansman, a Bethlehemite, a Bethlehemite was from the same village as David. He ended up fighting. Lastly, we all know David was a very generous and a humble man who made friends easily. And even when he went to foreign lands, he ended up picking friends and recruiting soldiers from foreign lands. This time round, it was a foreigner who took up his sword and he killed the, the giant. Four giants were killed by different people, and I want us to explain those five people. Then, after that, we will briefly charge you, and now you will be ready to pray. I repeat, 
The first stone David physically took killed Goliath directly from his hands. The second time another giant came, David did not have a stone, but there was a, a, a son to his brother who rose up and fought. The next time it was the, 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 the son to David's sister who rose up and fought. The next time it was a clansman. A village mate of David who rose up and fought. The third time, I mean the last time now, it was a stranger, as a foreigner from another country who rose up and fought on behalf of David. Allow me to read with you uh, first, Second Samuel chapter 21 from verse 15 to verse 22. Second Samuel chapter 21 from verse 15 to verse 22. I read in Jesus' name in King James. Moreover, the Philistines had war, yet war again with Israel, and David went down, and his servants with him, and fought against the Philistines, and David waxed faint. 16. And Ishbinob, which was of the sons of the giant, the weight of whose spear weighed 300 shekels of brass in weight. He being guarded with a new sword, thought to have slain David. So, war is going on and David is almost being killed. Who comes to help David? Verse 17. But Abishai, the son of Zeruiah. Zeruiah was a sister to David. The son of Zeruiah secured him and smote the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swear unto him, saying, Thou shalt no, shall go no more out with us to battle, that thou quench not the light of Israel. Verse 18. And it came to pass after this that there was, there was again a battle with the Philistines at Gob. The she, then Shebekai the Ushatite slew Saf which was of the sons of the giants. So, Aushatite was not a Jew. He was a foreigner. But he rose up and he killed this giant. Verse 19. And there yet was war, uh, was again a battle in Gob with the Philistines where Elhian, the son of Jehoram, a Bethlehemite, slew the brother of Goliath, the Gittite, the staff of whose spear was like a weaver's beam. 20. And there was yet a battle in Gath where there was a man of great stature but had on, had on every hand six fingers and on every foot six toes, four and twenty in number and he also was born to the giant. 21. And when he defied Israel, Jonathan the son of Shimea, the brother of David, slew him. 22. These four were born to the giant in Gath and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. Lord, bless your word and use it to stir us up to prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In life, we have what we call the opening statement in a speech. In war, there is what we call the opening battle in a military career. I repeat, in life, there is what we call the opening speech during a, a, a speech or the opening remarks during a speech. In battle, there is what we call the opening battle in every battle. The First World War, as we all know, happened when uh, 
No, the second world war. No, the first world war happened when Hitler went and he touched a small town in Poland. And when he touched a small town, he did not know the whole world will begin burning shortly. We can say the war on Poland was the mother of all the first and second world war. David is touching a lineage. A lineage that will not give him rest to the day he becomes an old man. This lineage was touched the day he stood up and he challenged Goliath. By challenging Goliath, he had signed a generational battle that did not end till he grew old. There are prayers. Keep listening to me. There are prayers, but they are mother of prayers. There are sermons, but they are mother of sermons. There are miracles, but they are mother of miracles. The mother of miracles for David was changing water into wine. That was the first recorded miracle that he did. After that, others just happened and people were no longer as amazed as the first one that he had begun by doing. When David fought Goliath, it was not an ordinary battle. It was a mother battle which, which, which now birthed other battles. When David brought Goliath down, it was a war that was going to last even beyond him. And this is why we are going to pray. We are going to pray because the mother battle must be fought and must be conquered. So that even the forthcoming battles, the Lord may show us how to overcome them. Because from this arrangement we can see, not all battles are for your hands. Some are for the men and women God will use you to raise. We are not just going to say, oh God, keep me alive to keep fighting. No, we are going to say, Lord, the battle I am to directly fight. Raise me with the anointing to fight it and finish it. Then any subsequent battle, Lord, raise men on my left. Are you there? Men, oh God, raise men on my right. Oh Lord, raise men behind me in my background. Raise even strangers whom I am yet to meet. There is fighting hard and there is fighting smart. We need both. There is a time to fight hard because the responsibility is directly on you. But there is a time to fight smart because even if you try, you cannot be in four places at the same time. We have proved there that David is such a mighty guy, but a day came, even him, he grew tired. And the enemy knew that this great general is now tired. Let me go and kill him. But he did not know there was a day to empower a nephew. And David did his job. He empowered a nephew. He empowered a young man. And this young man rose up and he helped him finish the battle. We are not going to be the generation of instant success and instant failure. We are going to be creators of fellow generals. I like what pastor said here, that men are fathers. You don't just eat children's food. It is illegal when a parent is the one busy drinking the milk and the baby has nothing. There is a time to fight, but there is a time to raise those who will fight. As fathers, we have a responsibility to make sure that in this altar, there is a pentagram. 
There are men on the left, there are men on the right, there are men behind, there are men in front. And if the devil comes from any angle, it is blocked. <laughs> Allow me to explain the mother of all battles. This is how it is usually fought. And I want you to listen to me. Goliath is what we call a rumor. Because the Bible says that the man was a giant and he, had, he was a champion and he had fought many battles since his youth. Yet we have no proof of any battle he has ever fought from his youth. Are you hearing me? Oh, this man has fought from his youth. Go read your Bible in First Samuel 17. He has fought from his youth and is a champion of the Philistines. Where is his trophy if he's a champion? Why doesn't he have even a village where he's a king? If he has been fighting from his youth, where is his, you know, even robe of, of, of kingship? Where is his evidence of championship? Goliath was a rumor. There is war, Jesus said, and there are rumors of war. Rumors of war as a real, is, uh, they are as real as the war itself. In this first day we are going tomorrow, man, we are going to deal with every rumor of the devil. Every rumor the devil has been circling around our children, circulating around our women, circulating around our, our wealth, circulating around our health. We are going to put every rumor to an end. I say Goliath is a rumor. Everything he has achieved is a rumor. Everything he wants to achieve is a rumor. Everything he's talking about is just a rumor. Oh, David, I will kill you. Did he kill David? Oh, David, I will rule over your people today. Did he rule over people with David's people? You know, man, we have to rise up and say, enough of every demonic rumor. Enough of every demonic lie. So Goliath made promises in his campaign speech which he did not fulfill because he was just that. He was a bluff. All he had was his physical body, but beyond his body, he had nothing. I like what a man of God said the other day. But there are sicknesses and there are curses. What kills people is not sickness, it is a curse. Initially, you can have a small wound, but if it grows, it is when it will kill you. So the wound did not kill you. The growth, are you hearing me? The growth is what killed you. This growing of a wound is a curse. If you can deal with the wound, the growth will never be there. Men, we are going to deal with rumors that are entangling us so that the wound can spread. So Goliath has achieved many things, but it is only in the press. In reality, he has nothing to prove for himself. Many children are facing the spirit of the Goliath. Oh, to make it to a national school, ooh, ooh, impossible. Oh, to go to campus, ooh, ooh, impossible. Oh, to get a spouse when you reach 20, ooh, it is hard. Those are rumors. And what will David do? David will come and chop them down. David will come and clear them down. Oh, we are raising 100 million. E -e, that one is hard. That is a rumor. Where is your evidence that it is hard? Where is your evidence? Where is your proof? <laughs> oh, dear God. Let me talk to you as men. <laughs> 
unless you are going to confront some rumors. Your introduction to greatness may be delayed. Everybody was giving an excuse behind the rumor called Goliath. No wonder there was only one young champion called David. There was only one great man called David. The rest were just the rest. I challenge you men in the name of Jesus. Rise up above the rumors that has held your people down. Rise up above the rumor that has held your parents down. Rise up above the rumor that has held your age mates down. Rise up and say, I will be David. I will not be the other soldiers. So your faster will be earned when you rise above rumors. When you rise above innuendos. When you rise above suggestions. When you rise above opinions. And some of you succumb to the rumor that, oh, it is not possible to get saved. You could not be saved by now. And some of you, some of them are looking at me. And some of you not, you know, succumb to the rumor that it is impossible to get married. Some of you could not be married by now. Some of you could not even be having children. Some of you could not even be having houses of your own. I don't know about you, but nothing scared me as a teenager, like being told to go look for my own house, pay my own rent. My God, how do I begin that? And my beers are not even there. And I was scared. The thing was looking like a huge giant. And had I continued to make peace with that rumor, today, I could not be a man. Allow me to say this. I'm going deeper a bit. Right now, I'm a man of God. But I'm known just internally here. If the Lord wants to give me instant lifting, do you know what he will do? He'll not come and laugh with me. He'll give me a huge giant to introduce me to the next level. He'll give me a huge giant. He will say, aha, there is a woman who has not walked for 18 years. And because she has not walked, the family has used like 20 million to try to make her walk. She is coming right now to see you. And 2,000 people are watching to see what you will do. And if I will stay, if I will discern that this is my giant, now to do something about, and if the Lord is gracious to me to use me, that will be my introduction to the next level. And some of you are seated right there. You are mechanics, you are doctors, you are lawyers, you are whatever it is. It is time to ask God, what is my introduction to the next level? Lord, prepare me and let me face it. There is always going to be the introduction. There is always going to be the midwife to the next level. This midwife will not come smiling sometimes. This midwife may come cursing like Goliath. So Goliath came cursing, but he did not know. That this unknown young warrior is about to go to the, the, the national stage, courtesy of what this young man is going to do. Today we are praying, running away from the giants. Oh Lord, shield me from those giants. We should pray rather. Oh Lord, prepare me to overcome the giants. Man, what is the giant you are dealing with? I repeat, it is called the rumor. The rumor that poverty is real. The rumor that being a millionaire is impossible. The rumor that your family can never be lifted. The rumor must be silenced. The rumor must be embarrassed. The rumor must be pushed back. So day one, 
We are dealing with rumors. Every rumor. Do you know there are people who confess their way to the grave? Oh, I will die. Oh, I will die. And they died. Oh, I feel sharp pain. Oh, now it is not even sharp pain. It is spreading. Oh, 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 oh. And there were reporters of a message that was not from the Bible, nor from the Spirit of God. Some of them are married to you. Some of them are your children. You need to go and stand up and deliver them from that rumor. Because nothing right now is running our world like deception. But deception come, comes through rumors. It comes through whispers. There is what you call the whispering spirit. It is the spirit of the serpent. It is the same, same old serpent which went to the Garden of Eden to do whatever it did. Man, in this first day, we are rising up above the serpent. Every whispering thing that is not injecting faith, every whispering thing that is not boosting faith, we are rising above it. I met a friend of mine who was so sure, so, so sure that when he boards a white bus and if the speed limit is above 80, the bus must roll down. He had even seen it in dreams. Now ask me, was that a rumor or was that faith? That was a rumor. But you know, when he allowed the rumor to spread, the thing became a reality. Because indeed, he boarded a white bus. The driver was going, I think, at 95 kilometers per hour. The thing rolled down. One time we went with my wife somewhere. And a gentleman made a comment out of frustration. And he said, are you a young couple? I said, yeah, we are a young couple. Now, a young man, let me tell you. Women, this is how you must always end up with them. I told him, no, that is your portion. That is your portion. If you have failed in your thing, fail alone. And my, my wife looked at me and said, oh, love, what, what is it? I'm like, oh, oh, you don't know what's going on here. This man has a seed. He's a sower, but of the devil. He's looking for any ground to throw his seed. The devil is looking for a ground to sow his seed. If he is allowed to throw it, this thing will germinate. One time I went to an office and it was around 11 a.m. in the morning. And I met a man at the, the treasury. I met a man who was to serve me. And instead of serving me, he began to upbraid me and to rebuke me and to threaten me and to tell me how lazy I am, how irresponsible, and how I'm now staying with my parents and I should not be staying with my parents. And I was like, Lord, what is this guy talking about? The Lord told me he's talking about his son. You remind him of his son. So he's trying to bring his frustration on you because he cannot confront his son. So it is his son who is waking up at 11. It is his son who has refused to go, to, to, to go, you know, and be responsible. It is his son who is doing all these things he's accusing you of. That day I did not know what I knew, so I did not rebuke him. But anytime I tell you, man, you see any lingering seed, that is looking for a ground to land on. Even the one that has already landed, take authority and uproot it. Next, I want us to go to the one we have read now, the man called Abishai, the son of Zeruiah. The second stone in the pentagram. The second stone. Abishai was the son of David's sister. So I will put Abishai here. And I want to repeat this to you, man. There are battles 
you may not face directly, like David faced Goliath directly. You love to go minister to a sister, love on a sister, support a sister, believe in a sister. One day that sister, one day that sister will directly or indirectly raise a warrior for you. I have sisters who are like my own blood sisters in Christ Jesus. And once in a while I am stranded and they give me an Abishai. There are days, pastor, men were men. How are they men? Whenever they saw a sister, they boosted her. They lifted her. And those were the days Abishais were there conquering battles. Men, we are returning those days. There are days a man could not let a woman weep. There are days a man could not watch a woman carrying a gunia. There are days a man could not watch a woman stranded looking for direction. Those were the days we had real Abishais who slew giants. We are returning back those days in the church. Allow me to quote from my spirit. Oh, I love that scripture. It's one of my covenant scriptures. 1 Timothy 5, 1-2. Do not rebuke an older man openly, but exhort him as a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. Younger women as sisters. In all purity. Paul is giving four categories of people. He is giving a father, a brother, a sister, a mother. Why? Because all these four categories have a stone. Allow me to hit you. All these four categories have a stone. And what is this stone for? There is a giant only a sister will slay. There is a giant only the son of your sister will slay. Why did Jacob manage to go to the house of Laban and get himself two wonderful women who give us the 12 tribes of Israel. Do you know why? Because the mother, Rebecca, had a brother. And the mother sent her back to her brother. So Laban has a, has a, has a sister who is now sending him a son who will give him double-double. So Laban has two daughters. No one is marrying them. A sister has a son who will marry all of them. I repeat, men, we are not just going to be roaring and shouting and growing in muscles. We must be tender with our sisters. Telling Lord, lift me, lift me and bless me to be a blessing to my sister. Who knows tomorrow her son will rise up to save the day. And some of you are physical sisters. You are not in agreement with physical sisters. You are not talking to physical sisters. You are not connecting well to. It is time to be mighty like I preach one day through gentleness. It is time to be mighty through tenderness. It is time to be mighty through brotherhood. It is time to be mighty through connecting with what may not make manly sense to you. And I wish I had time to tell you how sisters in the Lord have come through for me. I wish I had time to tell you how sisters in the Lord have given me brilliant abishais in my time of need. 
But listen, when will Abishai come? Not when you are too strong. Abishai is usually come when David, the Bible says, was what? Faint. Why was he faint? Because there was no more strength. The glory of man is not just in their strength, but in a secured future when the strength is not there. Not every day will men be strong, but men must win whether they are strong or faint because they are not just using strength, they are also using smarts. Day two, we are praying for our sisters. <laughs> Some of them are right here in church. Some of them are related to us in the flesh. Some of them are related to us in the spirit. And we are going to cry for them. We are going to beg God for them. Some of them, who, if the Lord leaves you to take an offering, take an offering for them. Some of them, you've never bought them shoes. Buy shoes for them. But tell the Lord, in my day when I'm faint, raise me, Abishais. <clears throat> Thank you, Holy Spirit. I repeat this thing again for the fifth time. Anytime there is tears among women, there's a man somewhere to be blamed. Anytime there's a young woman crying or an old woman stranded, there is a man somewhere sleeping on the job. We are going to stand in the gap and say, Lord, raise responsible men. Raise responsible men. And if you have no one to raise, raise me as the responsible man. Do you love this? Day one, we are dealing with rumors. Day two, we are dealing with our sisters. There is beauty in sisters. There is glory in sisters. There is a security in sisters. An uncle of mine died. Before he died, he called my mother. And they had a talk. My mother was his follower. And they talked and said, now after we have agreed, and uh, you know I'm dying. Can we talk about this boy? And they began talking about my life. And they began planning how my life should go. And they began planning how to invest into my life. Why? Because a man had, dis had discovered he was no longer going to be there, strong, running around, achieving things. He had better hand it over to an Abishai. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, there is this particular relative, especially in your mother's side, who has meant so much to you? Whether it was your grandmother, your mother's side, or your mother, or your, your auntie in your mother's side, or the cousin of your mother, your mother's side. Let me see your aunt. Oh, I'm seeing only two people. Okay, put them down. That makes it 70. <laughs> we are going back to be repairers of broken foundations. The devil has destroyed foundations of relationships. We are going back. And we are telling the Lord, Lord, raise sisters who will also have sons and daughters who will rise in your army and fight. Will we do that? Amen. I want to go to the next one because of time. On the third day, the Bible says here, there was a, there was a stranger. A stranger who also rose up and fought. A stranger who also rose up and fought. And let me speak to you, fellow men. 
Many have lost their blessings because of being insensitive to strangers. I was listening to a story of an apostle. Some of you know him. He's now doing so well in ministry. And he had been stranded for several years. The ministry was not breaking through. One day, he took a border border in his country. And when he was about to alight, the Lord told him, all the money in your pocket. Pastor, do I have? But you are not a stranger. I could have given you. All the money in your pocket. All the money in your pocket. Take it out. Give it to this man. The border border guy. And immediately he took the money. It was like 30,000. The only money he had. He gave it to this stranger. And he said, Lord, what am I going to do now? How am I even going to return where I came from? The Lord told him, give the money to the stranger. And the man gave it. The stranger said, huh? how did you know I have this need? My wife is sick in the hospital. I don't know what to do. This is the exact money I needed. He said, I'm a man of God. And the Lord told me to give you everything I am. And the man went away. The man took his contact, but the man went away. After a few months, when he's in prayer and fasting, the Lord began to orchestrate a miracle. What was the miracle? A man who was coming from another country wanted to establish the branch of his ministry. He's doing internationally so well. But the Lord led him to that particular region to start a ministry. And he began wondering when he touched down in his plane, how will I begin off in this strange land? Oh God, what do I do? And there are moments God does not speak because he's about to speak in a way he has never spoken. So he entered a taxi, and this time around, the, the man on the border border had graduated to a taxi. So he had a taxi, and the man got in, and he asked him, my name is uh, uh, Bishop so-and-so, I'm coming. Oh, I know you, don't introduce yourself. What are you here for? It is strange, but I am here to start a branch of my ministry, and I don't know where to begin. Oh, don't mention, don't mention. I have a man of God who helped me when my wife was sick. Here it is. Take this number. Meet him. You won't be disappointed, I promise you. So the man of God is called Apostle Joshua. He's called Apostle Joshua Selman. The man of God is called. Where are you? Hey, hey, come. It is raining. And the man meets this bishop, and the bishop does the deal with him, and they launch the ministry, and he did not know that was how his ministry was going to the next level. Previously, he used to hold campus meetings. Now, he could hold regional meetings in big towns, courtesy of 30,000 given to a stranger. The Bible says, do not give up the habit of entertaining strangers. Some have received angels. And man, I ask you, let this week be the week you negotiate with God for your encounter with the strangers. Every treasure locked in the strangers, may you use the third day to unlock it. In military, not all battles are fought from the war room. Some are fought when we entice strangers to give us news, to give us intelligence, to give us information. The world war, the, the history says, a third of it was won through strangers. Men who volunteered crucial information, yet they were neither for this side or for that side. 
Some lives right now are stranded. Some lives are not progressing as we speak because there was a moment to connect to a stranger and the due diligence was not carried out. I wish I could give you even a personal testimony of how I met a stranger who led me to another stranger who led me to sit on this seat. Oh, Shanda. Oh, Shanga. <laughs> Initially, I was battling my giant, okay? I was battling my giant, leaning on the sisters and the brothers I knew, till God said, now, we are taking it third star. We are going to meet a stranger. Lift your hand and say, Lord Jesus, give me the boldness and the hospitality to meet strangers whom you have ordained for me. In Jesus' name. Amen. God knows David is great. He's anointed. God knows David is mighty. But he knows he can only handle one stone at a time. Am I speaking to you men? There are stones you can handle alone at a time. But there are some it will take a sister. Others, as I've said now, it will take a stranger. Not all men who will be useful to you will be of the same skin color. Not all men who will be useful to you will be of the same age as you. I love when Pastor was saying he loves young people. It is a strange thing when an older man is hanging around young people. It is a sign the Lord has taken him to the third star. Where he's hanging around strangers to his age. Because some of these young people, like myself, my God, look at how sometimes we talk. Look at how sometimes we dress. Jesus, sometimes we want it tight. Sometimes we want it sagging. Some, my God, the youths are strange. <laughs> but when the Lord tells you, go out of your comfort zone, meet strangers, he's giving you a third stone. He's helping you slay some giants you may not be able to slay. If you come from the north, don't think all your destiny helpers are from the north. Some may be coming from the south. <laughs> so David meets a stranger from a different land. And I want you to go call on all strangers. Call on them. Call on them to come to your children to help them. Call on them to come and help you in your career. Call on them to come and help you in your future. Call on them. There's a young woman I met. No, he's an old, she's an old woman in her 70s. I met her, but she gave me a story when she was young. How one day a stranger from a, another continent was lost in their, in their village where she used to stay. And she just asked this stranger, can you come and have tea? And she did not even have sugar. So she just boiled tea leaves without sugar and said, now this in our country, we call, you know, what do we call it? Huh? Nduvia. Huh? Strungi. We call this one strong tea. Meaning it is very strong. No wonder we don't need sugar. And she used some English on this white lady. And the white lady, mm, Swallowed it. When she was done, she asked her a question. Can I have your contact? She gave her the contact. What are you planning with your life? Oh, I'm planning to go to this particular country to study masters. I don't know where to start. Aha. Uh -huh. Which university? Oh, oh, the woman screamed. I come from the exact area. 
So the woman said, leave this to me. Where are you going to stay? Taken care of. You just worry how to get your visa. The woman went processing her visa, quoted this woman as her host. And before she knew it, she is in the UK, studying there. After a while, called her children. After a while, called her husband. After a while, life changed for the better. When the third day comes, my brother, I know you have shaken the second day. Are you going to shake it? When the second day comes and the third day comes, row, row, row your boat. Call all the strangers. Tell the Lord, Lord, give me the wisdom to deal with them. Oh, Lord, give me the boldness to deal with them. Oh, Lord, do not let any stranger pass me by. Because some of them are angels. The Bible says that. Are we enjoying this? Day four, we are going to this guy called the Bethlehemite. Men from our backgrounds. And this is going to touch to the bone, but listen to me. Nothing will injure you like your background. But nothing also will bless you like your background. The Bible says the, the enemies of a man shall be men from his own family. Yet the same Bible says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Meaning a brother sticks close. What are we going to do on day four? We are going to cleanse our backgrounds and speak good to come out of them. There's a young man who was running for office in the United States. We all know him. And he had a bad background. Not bad because people are criminals. Bad because in the society where I was running, this background was not making sense. Number one, this background was Islamic. These people are used to Christians. Number two, this background is African. These people are used to white. Number three, this background is full of, uh, of, of, of men who are not straightforward. Men who even practice polygamy. In this society, nobody practices polygamy. Number five, this background is full of a father who has abandoned the children. In this society, men commit to their children. Everything was going wrong for Barack Obama. So what did he do? He didn't cry about it. When the time came, he polished it. And he, he, he cleansed it. Then he introduced it to a national audience in a way that they could now understand. And instead of the background now arming him, it ended up now boosting him. Everything that was wrong about his background, he made it look like it was the thing that had prepared him to run for office. And he got the votes. Many of you cannot get over the fact that in your background, there is a dead father or a sick father. In your background, there is an absent, an, an absent father or whatever it is. In your background, there is a culture maybe of polygamy or a culture of witchcraft. Many of you have not yet gotten over this background. And this will call for real cleansing, real repentance, real deliverance on yourself. And as men, we have to come to a point to say, Lord, nothing that I found myself in will be negative to my economy. Everything must be useful to my economy and where I'm going in my life. What was Bethlehem? Do you know Bethlehem? The meaning of Bethlehem? What was Bethlehem? The house of bread. Right? Bethlehem means house of bread. That is where David came from. But there's something about Bethlehem I need to tell you. Bethlehem was the only territory in Israel during David's time 
that was occupied by aliens, that was occupied by strangers called the Jebusites. All the Bethlehemites knew was oppression. And everything they did was oppressive. Everything they did was small. By the time David is being introduced, now everything about his introduction was small, 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 small. And God knew a day will come for the small man to be the man at the top. That was the message out of Bethlehem. And David said, am I not from the smallest tribe? Is my, am I not even the last one in my family? Am I not nobody? One time he said, I am just a dog, a dead dog. Who am I that my king, the king, my, my, my king, my lord, the king, should take notice of me? That smallness ended up making him more spiritual, not more of a failure. There is nothing in your background that should be contributing to making you be, you know, to be downtrodden in life. There is nothing in your background that should not be used as a weapon. In fact, it has been proven that those who go very far are the men and the women who had the worst background, but they learned the best from it. They won. We are dealing with rumors. Day two, we are dealing with our sisters. Day three, we are dealing with the strangers. Day four, we are dealing with our backgrounds. Allow me to run back a bit and tell you this. After day one, men, listen to me. And even women who are here. After day one, tell the Lord, you do not want to come across any rumor that is misleading people and leave it like that. You should smell any deception that is taking people astray and arrest it there and there. Nothing is so offensive like when men are clueless. The enemy is running around doing whatever he wants to do in the streets, in the families, in the neighborhoods, and men are just clueless. There is nothing as dangerous. Through this enemy, number one, the kingdom of Saul almost came to an end till David rose up in discernment and said, by the way, I'm discerning this man can be taken down. Day two, we are saying, Lord, not just my biological sisters or my sisters in faith whom I know, but every sister in the body of Christ, let there be helpers through their lives. Day three, we are telling the Lord, oh Lord, release the treasure that is hidden in the strangers. And any time now you go among strangers, may the Lord open your eyes, not to see what is wrong with them, but what is the treasure in them. Then day four, we are now dealing with the background. And I love it when you are a man who walks into people's background, not to discourage them, but to free them and empower them. There is nobody better to speak identity in people like men who are prayerful. And this is our chance to now get that star, to be able now to speak with wisdom and with discernment. Pastor, nothing is killing a lot of people like their backgrounds. And many do not know what to do about it. Some have murdered in the past and they don't know how to overcome the cries of blood in their sleep. Some have been raped in the past and they don't know how to overcome that bitterness. Some were abandoned at childhood and they don't know how to overcome it. This is the time to raise the backgrounds in our congregation, to raise the backgrounds. 
in our communities and say, Lord, may we not be victims of our backgrounds anymore. But it begins also with you saying, Lord, deliver me from the voices of my background that are not constructive. Let me see by a show of hands. How many feel there is something in your background you need to go and address before the Lord? Wow, thank you. Thank you. David had a background. But the background produced a giant killer. Not a giant that killed him, but a giant killer. Why? The Lord was able to sanctify his background. May this be the week when the Lord begins to sanctify the background of our men. Lastly, we go to day five. Because David had another giant killer from this angle. He had a brother who had a son. The brother was called Shimea, the brother of David. And he had a son called Jonathan. And this son rose up and he killed the giant. There's something I've done, and I'm not boasting, I'm saying this with all humility. There's something I've done before the Lord. I've always begged God that even if I part ways with a friend, may I not part ways with his son. Even if I part ways with a man, may I not part ways with his son. Because there is always a chance with a son if there is no such chance with a father. When the wise men looked at David and they saw the kingdom was running away from him, what did they do? They ran to Absalom. And when they discovered, ah, 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 Absalom has missed it, they came back to David. When they discovered, ah, now he's even dead, they came to Solomon. Men, listen to me. We must be political players. We must not put all our eggs in one basket. Spread some to the son. Spread some to the daughters of your friend. Because tomorrow he may be out of power. And you will need him. <laughs> tomorrow the Lord may take him home. Not tomorrow, okay? But when he goes, because he has finished his days, he has sons we must cling to. So that what was in his life, we may still get. We are going to pray in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, may the sons arise in our land. The sons of our brothers, may they rise even greater than our own brothers. Do you know why you pray for them? Because these are the same boys when they come of age, your own children now become their age mates. And the greatness they have, your boys will also share. I wish I could retitle this message, but I can't. But I could retitle it, Thinking as a Father. Where you are positioning greatness in your sister, you are positioning greatness in your background, you are positioning greatness with strangers, you are positioning greatness with your brothers, and before you know it, you are sorted all angles. You are sorted forward, you are sorted backward, you are sorted on the left, you are sorted on the right. So when the man discovered, oh, David is dead, oh, who, who has taken over? Solomon the son. They went and paid tribute and they said, Solomon, as we served your son, as we served your father, so shall we serve you. Those were smart men. We are going to pray that our brothers may produce sons. One thing I've been telling my wife is that when we 
get the blessing, we should raise all our nephews and nieces to be at par. So that all of them are useful when they are in need, when they are called for war, they have a missile in their hands. All of them should at least get something basic so that there is nobody begging down there while the other one is eating on the eye table. All of them should be at least able to go to war. And man, we are going to ask that may the Lord, as he is remembering our sisters and as he is remembering strangers, he may he remember our brothers in faith and even in the flesh. There is greatness when Shimea gives us Jonathan. But I want to tie it up this way. I want to tie, up, up, tie it up this way. There is damage some of you are carrying because a sister has not been a sister. She has been a devil. We are going to cleanse that damage and call good out of our sisters. Some of them are sisters in faith. Some of them are sisters in the flesh. We are going to cleanse that damage. There are damages brothers have done to us. Some which are unforgivable. But we are going to tell Lord, Lord, cleanse this damage. And out of this pain, raise a giant slayer. There are damages which have been done to us by strangers. Some we cannot forgive. Anybody looking like them, we are going to cleanse them and ask the Lord, give blessing through this same damage. And as I've already said, there are damages coming from our backgrounds we are yet to deal with. Lord, raise up help and cleanse this damage and give us giant killers through these damages. And every day you are walking, walking a pentagram of his grace. Five is the number of grace. So what David was carrying in his bag were tools of grace. Because it takes the grace of God to have victory over giants. It takes the grace of God to have victory over giants. Especially when it is repeated victory, it takes the grace of God. So what is our foundation? What is our boldness? Our foundation and our boldness is that we have grace to achieve this and we shall achieve it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. The Lord is reminding me something I need to tell you about Goliath. Goliath is what we call a personal responsibility but is big but it is personal. A personal responsibility of whether will witchcraft end in your family. Anybody can do something about it, but you may decide to make it your personal responsibility. A personal responsibility of who dies next in this family, and you decide nobody's dying next. A personal responsibility of who gets infected next, and you say, no, nobody's getting infected next. Day one, we are saying, Lord, on top of what I've said already, we are taking personal responsibility for every giant in our land. And we are saying, Lord, I may not know where the stone will land, but I'm throwing it, I'm throwing it by faith. Lord, let it fall on the target to the glory of your name. So, Father, I cover your people by your grace. And I decree, Lord, though many of them have not killed giants, but because grace is available, they are going to kill giants. 
Though many are yet to stop the strange giants that have walked in their families for generations, yet through grace, they are going to bring these giants down. We take authority right now and we arm the men. We arm them with your grace. We arm them with your anointing. We arm them with your power. We arm them with your might. We arm them with your spirit and with your discernment. They will know where the soft spot of the giant is and they will strike once and they will see results. We repent of negligence and lack of taking responsibility. Lack of coordination with those who matter. Lack of coordination with those who will carry the banner to the next level. Lord, we repent. And we ask you right now, give us the spirit you gave David. The spirit of responsibility. The spirit of loving men who matter. Even if they are strangers, yet loving them and embracing them with your love. And watching them become great to slay giants like we have slain. Lord, Raise us to be men who will watch what we have done, done at the next level by the next generation. For our glory is the next generation. If they do it better than us because we train them, because we charge them, because we prayed for them, then it is our glory. This we ask in Jesus' name. I need to leave, but before I go, I will uh, interrupt the program a bit by begging. Can we take some time to charge in prayer and just tell the Lord, Lord, we are going to be a, a different breed of men. We are going to be those who shall raise, not just kill giants, but raise giant slayers. We are going to be those on whose testimony many will rise and slay giants. Men will rise and say giants can fall because we watch so and so making them fall. Oh, I wish I could be in those prayers. But my spirit is in those prayers. Hallelujah. I want to welcome a fellow chargist. And he's looking at me as I'm looking at him. A fellow chargist. Oh, Shara Do you need a charger to continue? That your bare maximum will be another generation's bare minimum. That what has put them down will no longer put them down as you take responsibility. Somebody rise up. Let us begin. Let us begin. Firing up this place. Firing up this place. Hallelujah. You ready to go? You ready to go? You are properly armed. You have all the weaponry that you need. Charge. The enemy has already had. There's just fears now in them. They are waiting to be crushed. Amen. Let this week be the week of power. Every day. Every day. Every day. As we enter into the territory of the enemy. We are taking territories. We are taking spoils. By day five. We are coming here with spoils. Hallelujah. We are coming with spoils. Having crushed the enemy and taking that which was ours. We are not stealing. We are taking what he had stolen back to ourselves and restoring the kingdom of our father. Amen. Yes, that's what we are doing. 
Never again are we going to allow the enemy to intimidate us. To intimidate us. We are the children of the kingdom. Amen? We are not weaklings anymore. We are rising. In fact, we have risen already. Amen? The light is shining. Just give him more. If you need more papers to wipe your, your oil as, as it flows. Amen? You are anointed for battle. Amen? Great things are going to happen. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank God. Something is happening. Amen? Something is? Is happening. Glory be to God. 